We often hear of terms like a housing crisis or that housing shouldn't be a, a commodity. Uh, we often talk about housing on this show and often people make comments about the missing middle. And there's not enough three-bedroom condos and townhomes where, where young families can live. Well, this segment is not directly about that conversation. It's actually about the Vancouver homeowner. Now, this weekend's uh, Globe and Mail had this really great article written by Carrie Gold, and it provides a, an interesting perspective on our city. Uh, the story, you know, does acknowledge that Vancouver residents are struggling with the highest real estate prices in Canada, but it also has the highest percentage of households without mortgages. Now think about that for a second. That analysis uh, was provided by Andy Yan, who is a urban planner and agent professor in urban studies and director of Simon Fraser University's city program. Uh, the article also touched uh, on the fact that this region has a huge appetite for investment properties, not just foreigners buying investment properties, that's the stereotype, but local people buying investment properties. We're equity rich uh, in this city. Joining me now to talk about uh, this side of the housing issue, which we don't touch on enough, is of course Andy Yen from SFU. Andy, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Jeff. Good afternoon. First of all, what does this tell you that while we do have many people wanting to get into the housing market, working hard to get into the housing market, there is actually a significant chunk of this city that's actually not only in the housing market, they're debt-free. Indeed. And I think that was one of the more surprising um, outcomes in terms of doing this short little study based on the latest census. That um, when we talk about metropolitan Vancouver, 41% of homeowners that that actually own a home uh, own it debt-free, that they don't pay a mortgage. And that was really surprising. I mean, it, it, it was something that was kind of counterintuitive towards what you may think or hear about what was going on in the housing market. What does this do to the discourse uh, when it comes to housing? You have, as I said, many who call this show, many people who say, look, it's not uh, an affordable city. It's very difficult, never mind getting into a single family home, but just getting into the market for the first time as a young person. Yet you have, as you say, 41% of the city that is in a home and is debt-free. What does it do to the broader discourse? Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's 41% of the region. Of the region. Now, specifically, uh, specifically talking about the city of Vancouver, it was 50%. That 50% of homeowners, people who own their homes, uh, own it debt-free, that don't pay a mortgage. And then the other 50% are paying a mortgage. And I think that it just brings in another level of complexity in terms of how we think about housing, that I think that it's very much really housing in Vancouver is a story of the haves, have-nots, and have-mores. And I think that it really brings a level of real complexity in towards when we talk about housing policy, about what we're building and whom are we building for. Uh, you said 50% in the city of Vancouver, 41% for the mm-hmm. region. Uh, mm-hmm. In regards to the city itself, once again, there's east and west. Uh, mm-hmm. was there di- were there differences in regards to what folks on the west side and, and home, home, home ownership there in East Vancouver? Oh, very much so. And you just take the story of two neighborhoods that occupy the both ends of the mortgage story. That uh, for for those for the if you will neighborhood in, uh, in in Vancouver that had the least amount of that had no mortgages, sixty four percent of the homeowners in the neighborhood of Oak Ridge had no mortgage. But yet, conversely, if you look at a place, well, actually, it's two neighborhoods or, or at the same percentages, Mount Pleasant or Strathcona, two neighborhoods on the east side, it's 31% of those uh, homeowners do, ha- do not have a mortgage. So is there a, a, a noticeable east-west divide? Um, 
very much so, that there seems to be a sizable east-west divide um, with the neighborhoods on the west side, Oak Ridge, Carisdale, West Point Gray, uh, Arbutus Ridge, Shaughnessy, that um, they actually have mortgage-free homes um, at about 60% of homeowners. So it's a, uh, the, the majority of homeowners on the west side do not have mortgages. Hmm. Uh, and in regards to that deeper discourse, I mean, you've been on the show many times and I've always appreciated your time. Um, how do we start talking about housing of today? So, you know, I've brought up even topics like the death of the single family home. And mm-hmm. boy, I get a lot of calls pushing back on even comments that I make uh, on mm-hmm. such things. How do we move housing policy? You've talked about increased uh, complexity. How do we move to towards a, a modern housing policy that addresses the issues of today and now when so many homeowners, or I wouldn't, maybe this is the wrong word, mm-hmm. are content? Mm-hmm. 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 Well, it, it's it, they may be content, but then of course, are we not in the winter of our discontents for uh, sizable population, particularly if you're a young Canadian or even for some newer Canadians that they, you certainly see their struggle in terms of entering the housing market, uh, certainly as an owner, but even as a renter, finding a, uh, an affordable, stable and adequate place to rent is a challenge for new and young Canadians. And I think that this is really the challenge in terms terms of a level of, of, I think, compassion, a level of empathy from those that have to those that don't have. And I think that that is really part of the challenge of our time in this city and region. Yeah. I mean, people have always, beyond just Vancouver, or even Canada, when you look at other nations, you always look at the extremes. There's always a small minority that are very well off and rich, and then there's those who are struggling. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is a broad generalization on my part. But when you just look at the housing issue, your comments this past week in the Globe and Mail and here highlight that extreme that we have. You've got this younger generation coming up that has followed the rules. They've worked hard. Yeah. They continue to work hard. They educate themselves. They come out with a lot of debt. But the game to them seems fixed, that you're doing everything you've been asked to do by society tells you to do, and you're doing it. And you don't have a chance mm-hmm. to, be, to, to, to find a home and make a home in the region. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's exactly it. And I think it's a question of how do you even the playing field? I think that, you know, another part of the study wasn't only, say, those homeowners without mortgages, but then the sheer amount of investors, of investment uh, real estate that is in the system. And how does that fit in to our housing system? That I think that when we look at really the kind of public policies we're going to need, it's going to be need, it's going to certainly need to deal with the issues of supply, whether it's, you know, dealing with the death or the, you know, or the uh, or the change, right? I think the change of the single detached home to demand. What kind of demands do we want to really emphasize, uh, to support? What kind of demands do we want to perhaps discourage to finance? How really the realm of finance is affecting, I think, everything. I think that really the role of the fact that we're, we're a general, well, I've been actually me, probably you, kind of you, in a generation of ultra-low interest rates, that I think that it's, it is part of really the challenges we have in front of us. Now, I do have to add, I do have some fresh data for Jazz Joe Hall. Like, oh, I just couldn't hey, like, we do love some that. stale stuff. Hey. And, it's, <laughs> and it's interesting to actually note that 20 years ago, one generation ago, you actually had a higher percentage of mortgage-free people, of mortgage-free homeowners. Oh, Okay. That 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, for, in, in metropolitan Vancouver, uh, 43% of owner households were mortgage-free, compared to 41% in 2021. 
Uh, I mean, that, they, it seems like a somewhat small percent, five percent, but that's a that's that's a that's off of a that's off of a small a smaller base. So I think it's interesting to see how in one generation mm-hmm. we actually have a level of, if you will, stress that even you know a a a, a, a growth of five percent of households that have to that that don't own, if you will, mortgage-free, that I think that that is also another dynamic to really understand is that a generation ago, we actually had more mortgage-free homeowners than we had today. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, in the article itself, nationally, it was 69% uh, uh, of Canadians who owned their own home 10 years ago, and today it's fallen Mm -hmm. to 66%. So uh, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a drop there as well. I just want to touch on one issue, and that was the the investors. Uh, And we covered this uh, story when it first came out from Stats Canada. In BC, about 23% of property owners, or one in five, are investors as well. Now, I think about 7% are are, uh, 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 investor-owned condos by non-residents, 7%. So the bulk of the investors, even in in rental market, is predominantly locals, are predominantly locals. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, um, mind you, there's some complexities about do they actually represent local? Is, what's the role of foreign capital? That I mean, that, there is there is that. But then I think it very much goes down to the idea that when we talk about condominiums in the city of Vancouver, we're really talking about, uh, we're really talking about 38% of, I'm, I'm sorry, um, that's Toronto, uh, 42% of all condominiums in the city of Vancouver are investment properties. Wow, forty-two percent. Now you take in the federal government's ban on foreign ownership for a couple of years, and everything mm-hmm. else that's been done here in British Columbia at the provincial level and at the, uh, the municipal level as well. Do you mm-hmm. see that as enough, or do you think we need to be doing doing even more in? And I don't know if how you would describe it: leveling the playing field or giving a younger generation a chance to enter the market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it's, it's very much going to be really, um, I, te- I think, attempts to level playing field in terms of these uh, these areas of supply, demand, and finance. I think that uh, part of this, of course, in, in acknowledging that 42% of uh, all condominiums in, in Vancouver are investment uh, units, that uh, they certainly form a sizable proportion of the rental pool. Now, that rental, unfortunately, tends to be more expensive and more unstable than purpose-built uh, rental, but then it still has that element. And I think that we've also seen the, uh, the development. Uh, remember, with that, uh, with that, uh, with that federal foreign buyers ban, it's a partial foreign buyers ban. That there are, I think, a number of loopholes in and exemptions in that legislation. But I think moving forward, I think that it's very much, I think, finding additional supports for first-time homeowners. I think that it's really looking at poli- uh, looking at well, other countries like Singapore. It's actually a really good example of what happen- like what they do in terms of tax rates for those who own two, three, four properties. Um, and really, I think uh, having a acknowledgement that uh, a home ought to be a home first, as opposed to an investment. But then, should you go into investment, that I think that there is, I think, a greater alignment towards um, capital gains that you see in terms of businesses, and really how uh, I think when people use their residential real estate as a business, that they're taxed and charged accordingly. Mm-hmm. Andy, thank you so much for your time. Always enjoy our conversation. Always a pleasure, Jazz.